Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson. And today, Kim and I put the world to rights. Kim's from Hope Pasture Sanctuary. We talk about rescuing and rehoming horses and how you can help celebrate the people that rescue the horses, not necessarily charities, just the local people like you and me that maybe saw an abandoned animal and wanted to give it a forever loving home. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to another episode of Horse Hour. Um, We've talked about charities before, but today we're going to be talking about rehoming. And I'd like to introduce you to Kim, who's from Hope Pastures. If you want to head to their website while we're talking, then it's hopepastures.org. Kim, how are you? I'm great. Thanks ever so much. Lovely to hear from you, Amy. What have you been up to? At the sanctuary, we run a home, we run a sort of bi-monthly home educators group where kids come along and, um, you know, they're not, they don't go to school normally, but they come along and learn about um, how to deal with ponies. Today we did paddock maintenance, so we've been looking, checking for poisonous plants and things like that. So it's been a busy morning. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. We run all sorts of um, sessions. We run lots of sessions for maybe blind children or special needs children or old age pensioners, things like that, because we've got a visitor centre. So obviously it's making the most of the asset and giving, I mean, we're in the cent- pretty much in the centre of Leeds, so it gives people the opportunity to meet horses and ponies when they wouldn't normally see. So that's, that's one of the things we do. Mm. And do you do educating for like somebody like me, for example? So say I wanted to learn, because I, I don't know what poisonous plants there are, so that would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, we could do, we could do your, your, your own home educators. Yeah. No, we could we tailor, anything to, to, we tailor anything to what people want, to be honest. I mean, we do... We, we run things like, um, so for example, Hope Pastures Experience, where people can just come along, you know, grown-ups, and can mm. come along and go on a tour. We talk to them about what we do with the ponies, where they, you know, what they sleep on, what they eat, and all that type of stuff. And then they might spend half an hour grooming and brushing them, learning about, you know, just being with them and dealing with them. So, we, yeah, we do. We, we're trying to tailor it to whatever anyone wants, to be honest. Because mm. I found a nasty plant in the field last year. It scared the life out of me, and it was um, it was like these little berries, I'm no good with yeah. berries anyway. I'm allergic to most of them. <laughs> so right. I spot a berry. I'm like, oh my gosh, that needs to go. But it was um, it was red and some were green and some were blue. So I did loads of research. A friend of mine, luckily, is a conservationist. And she's right. the only person that I knew that might know what this plant was. So I sent her a photo oh, and she said it was deadly nightshade. <gasps> 
No. I know. Luckily, it was just behind the back of the field shelters, so it wasn't actually in the field. Oh, dear um, God. But if you touch that, it's really, really poisonous, isn't it? Yeah, it's really bad. That is very bad. You really don't want that. What, what does it do to the horses? <laughs> oh, um, I mean, that, that, that will kill them. I mean, that alongside things like ragwort. Ragwort's the major, a major issue for horses. Mm. That's that yellow plant that you see along the sides of the road um, quite often. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, really serious stuff. I mean, other things, I have to be honest, like buttercups, they're also poisonous, but not to the same degree. So you quite often see horses in fields of buttercups. Yes, yeah, well, you've said that. We've got some in our field. I didn't realise they, yeah. were, they were harmful. They sort of give them, they give them more um, alteration of the mouth than anything else, really. So they're not, they don't sort of die particularly from buttercups poisoning. But oak acorns there's all sorts of things yeah you must come along come along to our session (laughs) (laughs) let's take us back to the very beginning then kim how did it all start we have five trustees um and they are they they basically manage the the way the sanctuary uh moves forward um it was taken the sanctuary was actually taken over by these five trustees in uh 2004 uh, as a result of an RSPCA case, would you believe? Oh, really? But, yeah. I think she was very, very old. And I think what happened, if I say one of the worst things about working here is saying no to an afternoon, then I think she was probably so old she just didn't say no mm. um, and, and just took on too many animals. And she was, was an RSPCA case, uh, not specifically for the equines, but for badges and foxes and all that sort of thing in the house in cages in the house so um she uh, she had to give up the sanctuary and the current trustees took it over then um and they have they've gone from effectively 16 animals i think at that time and two weeks worth of money to being responsible now for 30 animals on site 100 out which have been rehomed in forever homes, new, new loving forever homes, mm. as it were. Um, so 100 are out on site, and, and basically, you know, we're still here and, and growing, so they've done a fantastic job. So that's how the factory is sort of managed, really. Now, I'd li- I wanted to do a special on rehoming horses because I had a horse that I had on loan that the owner had had for 12 years. And um, after 12 years, she decided to have a baby. So I took the, the horse on for a year to loan him. And then she decided that after a year of being separated from him, she was ready for him to move on to another home, but she didn't want to sell him. So she decided right. to rehome him. And so I was there through the whole process and found the whole thing completely fascinating and, and lovely with the, the things that you guys do. You know, you make sure the homes are okay. Um, yeah. But Hope Pastures takes it to the next level, don't you? You're doing so much more than just rehoming horses. Yes, yes, we are. Obviously, our main, what we do mainly is, is rescuing, rehabilitating and then rehoming. And you can imagine that we see some terrible cases come to us. It, it's not... Obviously, all, always like your friend's case where um, the animal's in good condition. Sometimes we get some in and they're absolutely, absolutely shocking. Mm. Um, covered in lice, you know, their feet are curled around like Aladdin slippers um, mm. and, and, and skeletal. Um, I, I mean, if people do go and look on the website, they'll see some shocking pictures really uh, on there of how animals can be. So we do rescue, rehabilitate them physically and mentally because often they've quite often been abused um, and then try and find them a loving home when they're ready to go out there so we rehome them that way uh, as well but we're also uh, looking at trying to sort of celebrate everyone who homes because as we've said you know as in your friend's case uh, 
people it's not just charities which rescue animals that are in need sometimes um equestrians and and you know normal riders people look after horses uh rescue them as well so yeah we're trying to we, we're trying to celebrate that as well amazing so the the lady then that needed help when so she had a sanctuary herself and then you guys took all the trustees took that sanctuary on what happened to the lady that was originally running the sanctuary um, she she just she stopped running it. She still lived locally, but she was very old and obviously um, you know didn't didn't have anything to do and wasn't allowed to have anything to do with the sanctuary anymore. Hmm. Um, so it was really unfortunate. It's meant that obviously the sanctuary is now it, it went from being um, a a sort of ramshackle place with lots of um, railway carriages and um, sheds and stuff like that to actually now being a very safe uh, and secure place, uh, well cared for and looked after. Uh, for the animals, basically. Did you think there was an element that sh- she did want to rescue the horses and she wanted to help, but maybe didn't have the experience or the financial backing to be able to carry it on? I I really think that she got to the stage where she didn't say no. I mean, every day we get between about probably one and five calls, all asking us to take um, an animal, uh, which may or may not be in in any you know a state of need. So there might be people who just don't want to look after their animal anymore. There might be people who desperately can't look after the animal anymore and there might be people ringing saying this animal is standing starving on the side of this road um so so there's obviously we sort of grade them and we can only take on site about 30 animals that's mm-hmm. our maximum um otherwise we can't look after the ones we're looking after so um so every day we have to turn animals down and i suspect that what happened with the lady who ran the country before us she just stopped turning them down and took too many on and then couldn't look after them i think that's probably i think that's probably where the where the issue lay to be honest Mm. um and although i say we turn animals down it doesn't mean we don't help them it just means we can't always take them on site so for example we've got on site um some welsh section a's which belong to a lady who had a few ponies didn't get the boys castrated and ended up with 40 then couldn't look after them so we went, uh, when our, our yard manager went to look at them, so we had about 10 stallions standing in their own stables, hot deep in mud and as thin as lats. So we took two because we could fit two in. Mm. We found another sanctuary that could take six, but they couldn't afford the transport. So we fundraised for the transport. And then we went back and took another two. So just because we can't fit them in doesn't mean we don't try and help. The animal still needs rescuing. But we're always conscious of the fact that we need to be able to look after the ones we actually take on site in the best possible way. Now, I know I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be emotional, but it makes me so mad. Maybe, it just makes me angry that somebody like that, do you think it's, it's being uneducated? For some people, it is a lack of education in terms of how you deal with horses and ponies and people might get them that some some people keep them in their garden we've been to rescue ponies we rescued one pony out of a pond in a garden where the where it had actually been swapped uh for drugs uh and these this family had ended up with a pony they didn't know what to do with it the, the children scared it it ended up in the pond and therefore we went and, and rescued it basically mm. uh so that that clearly is a lack of education there are also nasty people out there there are nasty people out there that abuse children abuse dogs that abuse cats and they abuse horses as well so there are also uh, nasty people but but generally speaking a lot of it is is lack lack of education and we spend a lot of time certainly our yard manager does talking with people 
about how to improve their management of their horses. What you're doing is great then, you're getting in there before and, and helping teach them, teach people how to look after horses and what to look out yeah. for and, and the amount yeah. of care that they actually need. I've said this a few times, I think there should be a, an animal test that you have to do before you're allowed an animal. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you definitely. have to do the test of the basics of, of what they yeah. eat, where they need to live and um, yeah. to make sure that you can financially sustain them because they are, they're not yeah. they're not cheap. Whether it's a dog or a cat, you've got to pay for the insurance, no. you've got to pay for the vet's bills, you've got to pay for Absolutely. their feed and their and their jabs and things. So, yeah, and particularly things like a horse where it's massive and the costs of them are absolutely massive. It, I mean, it, people take them on and they don't realise you know, every six weeks you need to have their feet done. They need vaccinating against various things like flu. Mm. Um, you know, they eat <laughs> all yeah. this sort of thing. People just don't realise the cost of looking after looking after something like that. You know, even though it's a large animal, and you think it'd be obvious, uh, not necess- they don't necessarily know. The interesting thing that I, I have found lately is that there are actually people that can afford the horses and just beat the hell out of them. You know, it might have the best possible facilities and it could have the best feed. But the yeah. owner or the rider is is beating the horse. And that's yeah. now, I feel, coming into the forefront of people are actually starting to stand up and say, you know, no, that's not right. You can't treat your horse like that. Are you Absolutely. seeing that as I well? Think, yeah, I think there's, there's more and more move towards positive reinforcement in terms of training and trying to understand the horse. I, I, I suspect some of that comes from the fact that the horse was used as a working tool um and people you know sometimes if you speak to people they'll describe it as it uh Mm. rather than he or her and and i suspect that's an attitude that that stems from the past that we make it do something because we need it to plow this field or we need it to um carry this gun or whatever it is um and so i suspect that's sort of where it comes from And, and as we educate people more more people will understand that that getting the thing on side as with any team um is is very very important and and actually trying to bring a horse with you rather than to beat it into something is is probably going to get a much better result in the long run Mm. and sadly you know they were seen as a commodity because they were used they had to do a job over history and they're still seen as a commodity now for as long as they are seen as a commodity they're going to be worth something which means that you're going to get people that are you know giving horses away for drug deals and yeah. You know, stealing horses and it's just it's ridiculous but, but we can't stop them being a commodity that's something no. we can't control but through people like yourselves we can educate a little bit more so even people that aren't riding and don't know how to ride if they see an abused animal they can help yes yes definitely yeah. is that what you're educating because you educate people in schools as well don't you get them at a young age is that where yes. that comes in Yes, we do. We do. We try and work with, particularly we try and work with schools in less well-off areas, shall we say, or areas where um, children wouldn't normally come across things like horses and ponies, mm-hmm. because that gives them the opportunity to know and understand that an animal has feelings and, you know, and that there are certain ways of dealing with an animal. And we run quite a lot of groups with children from less advantaged areas, because obviously we're in we're in the sanctuary itself is based in Leeds, and so there are quite areas of, of deprivation where you wouldn't see a horse normally. And we've had some great success with some of the children that have come along on on that. We've had, for example, we run an alternative provision group where the children come once a week. They're failing in the educational system um, and don't go to school, but they come here once a week and they almost do like a, a young apprenticeship. So mm-hmm. they come at they're only twelve, so they can't do a proper apprenticeship. But these children have actually attended here 
of that, we've got one child who wants to be a, a farrier. He grows uh. up. We wouldn't even have known that was the case. And then two of them um, actually came to me, and unfortunately we couldn't take them because they're not 16 and we take normal volunteers from 16. But two of them came to me and said, can we volunteer in the school holidays and come and help the horses? Yeah. And I just thought that is such an offer from children who've got absolutely nothing, to be perfectly honest. Their mum might be in prison, dad might take drugs, all this type of stuff. They haven't had a great start in life. And yet these kids are able to, to come and say they want to come and volunteer and catch the bus round the ring road to come to Hope Pastures. I mean, I really, really was touched by the fact that they do that. It gives them hope, doesn't it? It gives them something it else to, to, to look forward to. And I, I've seen horses are amazing therapy for these kids and it gets them out of where they are. And um, like you said, they because the horse, as, as we all know, is like a reflection of your soul. Yes, I think that's true, yeah. And a kind yes, person that can and has a good reaction from a, a kind horse, you know, we've all seen it where the horses run away if you're in a bad mood or whatever, when they get that interaction and the trust that they might not get from other people. Um, yeah. It's it's nice and it must be nice for you as well to see that response from the kids and seeing them oh, so absolutely. enjoy it. I, mean, I, I said to, to my husband, I do what I do because of the horses that's how I originally started helping out at the sanctuary I fostered a couple of, of ponies from the sanctuary and then it all grew from there so I do what I do for the horses but doing the uh, work with the children has been unbelievably rewarding not just mm-hmm. the educational stuff but the special needs children and children who are maybe not as able as some of the others the time they spend with the ponies is fantastic and very therapeutic well, the, the kids are the future, aren't they? So they're the ones that are going to be in 20 years time having these horses and looking after them. And if we want to help change the way that animals are treated, then we have to get in with the youngsters because we all know yes. at, at our age, it's very difficult to change people's minds and perceptions and the way that yes. they have been doing things for years. So the only option really is to get in and educate the youngsters. You're doing a you're doing a great job. Good, we hope so. We try. <laughs> so exciting thing. This is this is why I wanted to talk to you about Hope Pastures is because you not only recognise people that have rehomed horses, and it's not all to do with the charity. Like you said earlier, is also acknowledging people who have rescued horses themselves personally and maybe yeah. turned horses around so that they're now successful riding partners. How do yes, you how absolutely. do you say? you know well done to them how do you support them well what we've done actually um we've introduced something we've called our rescued and rehomed showing series effectively um and it, it's sort of two things together we run a series of virtual shows each month where people basically upload their stories and some before and after pictures of of their animal that they've rescued and we sort of pick the top three each month and they qualify for a final in october and we're also running alongside that as rescue class at some local shows, like real shows, mm-hmm. like a dog rescue class, really, where you can enter your rescued horse. And again, the top three qualify for a final in October. Um, and I'd say the equestrian industry has been amazing. It's really supported this. We've got some fantastic prizes from R&R Country. We've got horseware, Rambo and Amigo turnouts. We've got pieces of jewellery from, from Sculpture to Air, which is beautiful equestrian jewellery. We've got a commissioned painting of your horse if you win. So there's some amazing prizes. But the the best thing is that people get the opportunity to celebrate what they've done with their, their horse or pony. And it doesn't have to be rescued by a charity. It doesn't have to you know be an RSPCA case. If anyone's even bought their pony from a horse sale in an appalling state, 
or seen it, you know, picked it up from a field in a shocking state, any of those sorts of things, then they can enter them and show what they've done and how, how much the animal's been improved. Um, and we've got, we've already got some amazing, amazing stories on our Facebook page and, and we'll be putting those on the website as well shortly. So that, uh, you know, I am stunned every time I read them, to be honest. I, I sort of look and I think, well, how will we not pick this person as the winner? So thank <laughs> God I'm not one of the judges. <laughs> it's such, such a lovely idea, Kim, because, you know, we like to talk about our kids all the time and we like to talk about how proud we are of what we've done with the horses and how proud we are with the horses. But, anybody can go and buy a 60 grand well not anybody but you could go and buy a 60 grand horse you know and compete it and ride it and that's great but to have the patience and you know to to just be a normal working person that's seen an animal in need and to help it and to put it through you know rehabilitation that takes years and that takes a, a massive massive commitment and these these guys should be celebrated for what they've done and hats off to them amazing so what do they have to do then if you if you've had a horse that you've rescued and um you know he's doing really well now you you upload it onto your website yes you just upload it onto our facebook page um which is obviously we've got a rescued and rehomed facebook page and people can just search for that on facebook so either upload it onto the facebook page or onto our rescued and rehomed page on our, our, we've got a button on the homepage of our website. If, mm. if I gave you the code for that, it would be forever. So, <laughs> so it's literally just find the button on the homepage of the of the Hope Pass site. Um, upload them via the entry form, and then each month, as I say, we pick the top three, and they qualify for the for final. Uh, there are you know there are prizes each month as well. So there's sort of you know twenty pounds of the vouchers and all that type of stuff each each month as well. But um, the big prizes are for the final. But to be perfectly honest, what's been the most uh, amazing thing is is the way people have wanted to tell you about the pony and the fact that like if you look on the Facebook page all the people that have commented what a fantastic job you've done you know all of that type of stuff so it, it's been a real eye-opener to me to see to see how people respond to seeing to hearing all these lovely lovely mm. amazing rescue stories well, the stories, sadly, we only hear are the ones of the the mistreatment, the ones where the horses are being abused and the owners should be go to jail. And that's the only thing we ever hear. So it's so nice yeah. to hear nice stories of when people it have, is. you know, done done really good things. The the reason it came about um, and we thought of the idea was because if we go out to places, and obviously we talk about what we do with our rescues and we show our before and after pictures and all that type of stuff. Hmm. Um, but... I was stunned by the number of people that then got their own phone out and showed me what they'd done. Mm. Yeah? Um, and, and, you know, it just made you realize how many people were out there actually doing that of their own volition and investing all that time and effort into, into animals and making them into, you know, animals that could have a fantastic life and a, and a, and a future, which they didn't have when they got them. Mm. One of the best experiences I've, I've ever, ever had was uh, three years ago and it was winter, and there were 20 horses that were stranded um, in Christchurch in Dorset, which is, I'm from Dorset, and they were stranded on this open plain, and it was completely flooded, and there was just a little island that they were stood on, and it was an awful, it was horrific. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thick storms. It was an awful case. And the RSPCA, bless them, did try their hardest. They did. But they were struggling yeah. to get these horses off. Um, it was 10 locals and I have to say I'm proud of being one of them I we were completely abused by the press they completely really? slated us and said that we were awful and we were a nightmare and we got in the way but we didn't we were just there with horse boxes with hay taking the hay out to the horses every day to make sure that they could eat sadly we lost three of them because it took it took over a month to get these horses off. Really? I know. Now that's amazing. We were saying it would only take. We could have got them off in a, in a day, but yeah. we're not. We're not professionals. We're not a charity. Yeah. We're just local people that were just concerned about these horses. But the, the point is, even though the press was saying one thing about how awful it was and how awful we were and how you know we got in the way, that wasn't the case. So the case was we were very supportive. But yeah. what I witnessed was 10 people that were just normal equestrian, had horses themselves yeah. from a, a, a normal working background, were saying, yeah. I can take three horses, I've got room on my field, I've got a horse I'm box, lucky. do you want a horse box? I've got hay, I've got head collars, whatever you need to get these horses off, we can do. The that's, sad so thing, heart, that's so heartwarming, isn't it, to have that? And, and they were genuinely, we were all genuinely, genuinely so concerned for these horses. They were wild, they were left, they'd been left for mm. goodness knows how long. I mean, they hadn't even, they couldn't have a person go near yep. them because they were so yeah. skinny and so scared. Yep. But the nice thing was we saved 17 of them. Fantastic. which was pretty exciting and I wanted yeah. out of anger Kim I wanted to phone the press and say I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now which is yeah. you know 10 very supportive people that just want to help and actually very educated people because they've all had horses for years so they can yeah. be, they can be of help I mean have you seen the video I think we've all seen the video haven't we in the Netherlands of the three horse yeah. women that rode yeah. their horses out to the island and then led these, I think it was hundreds, isn't it, of stranded horses back. The, the equestrian industry is very, very well educated. We know we know what's best for the horses. And like I said, they weren't charities. They're just, they're just normal people yeah. that just cared. And, and I think we're seeing this more and more. Um, but how can, we, how can we help them? How can we help the lovely lady down the road that has seen a foal that's lost its mum and hasn't got anyone to look after it? How can we support her? Well, I mean, we have to be honest, we do try, um, Sophie, who's our yard manager, Sophie Kendrick, she will give advice to people um, and help in that way. And sometimes if people have taken on a, a rescue animal, then she'll help with some feed, 
things like that. So she, she, we do try and support people locally where they've taken taken animals on. And to be honest, I even looked, I think, at the Facebook messages yesterday, and there was a lady on there saying she just rescued two, and could she have a bit of advice because she didn't know anything about. I think it was about lice. I can't remember what it was, but she she was just looking to us for some advice about that. So we try and support in in any way we can in in that situation. What do you do if if a horse has got lice? If it's got lice, we we wash it with stuff that kills lice. Basically, <laughs> some in some cases where they're if their coat's really matted, then we might clip them out like that. If you if you have a look on our Facebook page and look at Bobby and Bessie on our website, you'll see uh, some pictures there of of when we clipped Bessie out when she first came to us because she was just covered in lice crawling with, with them. And so it was almost impossible to get through the, the, the hair to actually uh, kill the animals off at the, at the, base, of the, at the base of the hair. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, you can do that. Certain wormers kill it. So an ivermectin wormer, that also helps to, to kill lice on their body. So it, it just depends on year and, and the state they are that they come in, basically. But, yes, mm. that's just been a whole new revelation to me because when I've had animals before, uh, not at the sanctuary, you know, they didn't come with lice <laughs> or mm. any of those nasty, you know, they didn't come with ringworm, they didn't come with any of those things. So um, it's one of the things I've said to a couple of people, if you ever want to know about the horrible things that nobody wants to talk about, come and ask us <laughs> them all the time. <laughs> Is there a case, Kim, that you've seen that has affected you the most? Uh, I would say that Bessie, um, little the little coloured cob that, as I say, is shown on our website, she is amazing. She came, I was running, we also run corporate groups here where, where we get corporate volunteers come along and I was running a group from a bank at the time and we were in the car park and up drove a white transit van parked in the car park and I'm thinking oh gosh what sort of a delivery have we got um the guy opened the back doors and out came this little basically yearling filly Bessie Mm -hmm. she just hopped out the back of the back of the transit van and I'm looking at it thinking good god you know when I put mine in the horse box I'm wondering about whether the partitions are uh, far enough apart whether they've got the correct leg gear on uh whether they've got the hay and this little little filly had just come along with the seats and the paint in the back of the transit van. And she, when she arrived, she had massive urine burns all down the sides of her legs, under mm. her stomach. Um, she'd just been really, really badly treated. And this guy just dumped her, dumped her with us. It was, I'd say from a corporate group perspective, it was great because they all came around and gave us, you know, a donation because they couldn't believe what they'd just seen. Mm. Um, but, yeah, she came in. The yard team worked with her. They clipped her out. They washed her off uh, and, and got her. I mean, she was skeletal, um, fed her up, and now she's perfectly healthy, uh, really lovely little pony, and she even came down. We, Hope Pastures was one of Beta International's chosen charities this year down oh, at the lovely. NEC. And um, she came, we, we did a talk there on what, on our work, and she came down and she came in the arena at the NEC, so she came right in the in front of all the people with all the stands inside, and she showed what a difference you could make to an animal and so it's not just the physical rehabilitation because she looks great now but the mental rehabilitation that's an animal that has been so badly treated can then trust people enough to do something really weird like go into an arena at the national exhibition center you know it was really quite touchy so i think that that definitely made a real difference for me how old is she now 
She's now uh, rising three, I think, off the top of my head. I think oh, she's wow. now rising three. She's doing yeah. that just as, you know, a baby still. Yeah. Yeah, I, she might be rising four, rising three, rising four, something like that. But she's still a baby, basically. Yeah, she's still a baby. And I think she probably only travelled a couple of times before she came down as well. And so obviously it's quite a long way from Leeds to Birmingham and all that. So really, really proud of her. So I guess the ones that you see when they come in are the ones that do make the most impact on you. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure our yard manager, Sophie, she would have a whole list of them because she sees them as soon as they as soon as they come in. I think for her, uh, probably Easter, who's a little foal that we rescued, a one-day-old foal that we rescued from the side of a motorway in the centre of Leeds. Mm. Um, and she nursed, you know, 24-7, basically, to ensure he survived. I think she, he'd probably be up on her list, for example, because she was the one who dealt with it. So it would just depend which ones you see and which ones you spend time with, I suppose, as to which ones make the most impact. Yeah. It's it's all heartbreaking, but lovely to see that they're you know they're okay now. Yes, that's the good thing, and and have a new home. I mean, they don't come they don't come to us, and and it's a spa day for horses. Uh, the aim is to rehabilitate them and rehome them and get them a new life. You know, it's not it's it's not sort of like come along and you know uh, uh, we we have just a nice time here. We we have very few. We have about twelve permanent residents, um, and the rest are all on their way through to going to be rehomed basically Mm. so do you work with like vets and back therapists and and physiotherapists and things like that yeah yeah all of those we obviously we've got a very close relationship with our vets um yes we we have a variety of different people come to do physio or uh chiro anything like that on the horses where they need it we do a lot of work with people who you know use various training techniques to like clicker training or trust technique things like that things where the animals are you know you you know you're working with animals who've had their trust abused so you have to work especially hard it's not just like normal training for a horse so yeah we we employ all of those tools and techniques to make sure that you know we get them back on the right track so they can go out and have a, a decent life doing something with some other family it's so lovely the trust is the hardest thing and i i'm I'm a bit i live in a bit of a dream world sometimes but i do like to think that the horses they know they know that you've helped them because yeah i don't know how to explain it but i've just seen a few that have been helped and they they just seem to respond to that person that saved them much more than any other horse that i've seen does that make sense absolutely yeah no it does definitely and sometimes uh although obviously it's difficult for them to trust sometimes it's amazing to see that they they because they know what's different they know how bad it can be they can appreciate how nice it is and i certainly know that some of the my you know far more molly coddle ponies have never been quite so grateful as, as some of the ones <laughs> that you see coming through yeah have you been able to prosecute anybody that's been seriously volatile to their horses we don't do any prosecution. We we don't have those sort of powers, so we can't do that. But what we would always do is pass that on to the RSPCA or the police, and those those are the guys that would do the prosecuting. Uh, um, only because I would struggle to not be going and knocking on their door myself to say, how can you do yeah. this? But I'm not. See, that's why you're in that job and I'm not, because I'm not kind of <laughs> <enough. laughs> 
I don't think I could be nice to them. And I think I'd struggle. I'd do it with any animal. I'd struggle to not go and, and get a horse box myself and pick it up and, and yeah. put it in and take it home. However, apparently yeah. that's stealing and you're not actually allowed to do that. So you do you're have not. to go through the right channels. You do. You do. We can't, we, even we as a charity cannot just take a pony or a horse from the side of the road or even if it's dumped in a field. It has to go through the correct process. It has to go through, I think it's 90 something hours of, of being left there with no um with nobody claiming it nobody doing anything with it um and then the person who owns the land is able to give that animal up or take it to the sales or whatever it is so there is a, a strict process which has only just been changed to be honest in in the middle of last year uh, that has to be gone through in order for a for an animal to come to a charity like us Another interesting thing, going just going back to your point about the children when we were talking about educating them, somebody said to me the other day, oh, I don't want my kids to see any bad behaviour. I don't want my kids to see, you know, anything bad because that's not how we do things. And I said, right. no, but I remember being five years old and seeing horses tied up on the side of the road. Um, you know, that, you know, they were chained just to the yep. a little bit of land. And that seriously affected me to the extent that I wrote a letter to the Queen. I was oh, that yeah. angry. Um, and I said, <laughs> Mum, I've got to do something. I've got to go and save that horse. And she said, well, well, well okay. And so bless her, she was trying to think of something that I could, that she could get me to do. That <laughs> So I wrote this letter and I said, I want to write it to the Queen. And I wrote the letter and uh, bless Mum, she posted it for me. She sent it to Buckingham Palace and I got a reply. No way. I did, yeah. <laughs> And it was a lovely letter, whether it was from the Queen, I don't know, or one of the people in the office, but, you know, it had HRH on it. And they said, um, thank you very much for your letter and for the concern. We do appreciate that some horses, sadly, are treated really badly. And we do have great charities that try their hardest to help. Um, please, please carry on what you're doing and let the charity, your local charity, know. And I thought that was really good from Buckingham Brilliant. Palace to be promoting charities. And instead of saying, well, there's nothing we can do about it, this is Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Yeah. they said actually you know amy aged five that is yeah. a um a nice thing that you're concerned and that for, for me bred it in me that actually i don't want to see horses being treated like that so the, the, yeah. the end conclusion that we came to is yes we do need to protect our kids but it's okay for them to know sometimes that bad things do happen and that's not how you treat animals Yes, you have to have the you have to have both sides. It's it's very difficult to learn. You know, people say you learn by making mistakes, and so you can't go through life not making mistakes. You can't if you don't treat things badly. You can't learn how people. You can't see that people do do that. You have to see it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If if it's not the sort of thing you do, seeing it makes it real. Um, and I mean, you know, I have to say we as charities are quite often very guilty of showing some really shocking pictures nowadays. And um, maybe we could have like a bit more of a balance to, to what we talk about. But, you know, people don't always realize how shocking things are and the state that some of these animals are in when they come to us. Um, mm. And sometimes it is, it is worth making sure that they do see that. Well, the sad thing is now there's so much material out there that the only way yeah. you can grab someone's attention is to be more shocking. And it's yes. it's sad that it's come to that because actually every case that you see, whether it's horrifically shocking or just a little bit bad, it's bad. Yeah. That horse needs yeah. help. And therefore, you know, we need to support you as much as we can. So yeah, so absolutely. how can we support you, Kim? Can we? Is there ways that we can donate? Oh, absolutely. Yes. No, obviously, um, 
through our website you can anyone can donate we've got donate buttons and things like that obviously people can uh, do the standard things like ad adopt um, an animal so 15 pounds a year you you sort of pay towards the food um, and, and the care of, of specific animals and that on site um, so yeah any sort of donation in that way if people are local volunteering um, is, is brilliant for us as well and I mean I hate to say it because hopefully it's not going to happen to any of your listeners in the short term uh, but you know leaving us gifts in wills things like that um, very tax efficient and also unbelievably useful to us to, to get a big question like that because everything that we generate in a year so donations, that sort of thing, is ploughed right back into looking after the animals. For every pound that is donated to us, Hope Pastures, 95p is spent directly on the animals. We don't have people sitting around to answering the phone, stuff like that. So everything we, we generate in terms of day-to-day -day income goes directly to help rescue more animals. Where we can do development work is where we do get things like legacies. Um, and in 2012, we developed a new visitor centre, which has made a complete difference to how we run the sanctuary because we can run a lot more groups, involve a lot more people, be a much more of a community centre. But we could only do that because of a legacy. So legacies are, are, are also an amazing thing for us and you know something which helps us to generate more income on a day-to-day -day basis, basically. Mm. And um, just going back on, on what you touched on the on the wills, that's actually really interesting because we do forget, I think, or we kind of put to the back of our minds what's going to happen to our horses when we pass. Yes. And we do need to be considering that they need to go somewhere. Somebody needs to look after them. God forbid anything would happen. Yeah. In fact, I had this conversation the other day because my family wouldn't have a clue. They wouldn't know what yeah. to do. So I've had to set up, if anything sadly is to happen, that, that Blackjack will go to somebody that I trust, that I know that they'll look after him and he's not just going to be sold from pillar to post. Um, Absolutely fantastic. That is so sensible. Oh, it's a horrible thing to have to think about. But I, mm. I think I was thinking because I thought, oh, God, who's going to look after him? They, The poor yeah. little man won't be looked after at all because they won't know what they're doing. Or it could be too no. heartbreaking for family to look after them and things. But it's just something that we do need to consider and we do need to think about it whatever is. animal that you've got. It is. It is absolutely. And particularly with a horse where they're massive and hugely expensive. Um, when somebody dies and they've left 10 horses... And, and they're not the family's interest it's sometimes quite difficult for them to remember that that person also left a million pounds do you know mm. what I mean um, and and so it is really important to to think about that because uh, you know you, you wouldn't just sell you wouldn't just sell your horse to a traveler do you know what I mean? mm, no. <laughs> you, if you died what's going to happen to it so um so yeah mm. I think that's a really good really really good point well, it's great what you do, Kim. Thank you so much okay. for coming and telling us about it. Your your website then is www.hopepastures.org. Okay, now what That's we're going to do is we have a lovely little page on the Horse Hour website called Horse Hour Champions. And um, we would love for you to be one of our Horse Hour Champions for this year. So we're wow. going to put all the information on our website, horsehour.org. And there'll be links through to your website if they want to donate, if they want to, your Facebook as well, if they want to ask any questions. And um, loads of information of your your series, your online competition series. Because you could win, Brilliant. it's like £1,500 worth of prizes that can be won yes yeah so the whole the whole series the, the, the champion 
uh, is the, the champion's prize is worth about £650, and then I think the reserve champion's about 500 and then it obviously goes down from that. But yeah, £1,500 worth of prizes, as, as I said, from fantastic um, industry supporters who've recognised, you know, that, that this is something which people do um, and that needs needs celebrating. Absolutely. The judges that you have as well, you know, these aren't little local judges. These are expert judges. You've got Louise Kittel, who's the editor-in-chief yeah. at Pony and Horse and Rider magazine. Rosemary Hetherington, she's an international showing judge. I mean, she's going to know her stuff, isn't she? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Natalie, who's the Hope Pastures vet, and Sophie Kendrick, who's your Hope Pastures yard manager. So I think that's, that's lovely. Right. Yeah, we thought that was a good uh, mix of judges, some from the rescue side, some from the showing side, and, and some from um, Louise also does a little bit of competing and things like that. So we just thought that was a nice a nice mix of judges. And it's a really lovely way, like you said, to commend people that have looked after their horses and rehomed them, rescued them, rehomed them, rehabilitated them, and is now are now having lovely lives with them. It's a nice way yeah. to look at the charity rather than just the shocking sad images you know it's saying look we'll come Absolutely. together one more interesting point just before we go i'm finding that the equestrian industry is working so much better together now as a, as an overall um and people like i'm thinking livery yard owners and you guys if if we all worked together and said did more educating and you know worked with our local schools if we can it's only going to promote the livery yards because they're going to be getting school kids in to educate them using the local charities to help with advice and and ways that we can teach people really seriously that we need to consider the the health and well-being of these animals yeah no absolutely and it it extends not just it, it extends beyond horses because although you might come and talk to us about health and well-being of horses, it's about animals per se as well. And so it, it's, a, it's an education system for a whole family. So although horses might not be all that relevant to some people um, that are never going to have one, um, it, it does also show a, a type of caring um, and an involvement in, in, I suppose, the environment than, than if you're just sort of sitting at home playing on your pc basically kim we're going to take over the world yes that'd be fantastic (laughs) we're going to save the world between us and horse hour it'll be amazing (laughs) thank you thank you so much what's what's your twitter handle it's at hope pastures at hope pastures so facebook twitter and uh and head to your website as well thank you so much kim that's brilliant thanks amy bye bye Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you missed any old shows, don't worry, you can catch up with them. Just head to our website, www.horsehour.org. You can catch up on Trisha from Childrick Saddles. She gave us saddle tips and advice. You know, if you just want to check that your saddle fits correctly and you're not really sure, you're not ready to pull out the saddle yet, then Trisha gave some awesome advice. Also, Ludwig Svenestel, the Swedish Olympic dressage rider. He was brilliant. Alec Banner-Eve, he gave us advice on polo and explained what it was and of course Di Lampard the Olympic performance manager for the show jumping team so loads to catch up on you can also head to Acast all previous shows show up and you'll get our future ones straight down to your phone as well hope you have a really good week and I'll catch up with you soon you've been listening to Horse Hour join the community on Twitter Mondays 8pm UK time 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour follow Amy at Amy Stevenson 1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.